Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted, or should I say welcome back to Packers Unscripted. We are back. Mike Spofford, Wes Hodkowitz from Packers.com, coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, the last time we addressed the audience in this setting was actually before we went to the NFL Scouting Combine. We did some shows from Indianapolis as well. But in a nutshell, free agents have arrived, players have departed, others have retired, there has been a whole bunch of Packers-related news here since the last time we sat at this desk. Where do you want to start? Well, I mean, you can start in a million different places, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that uh, it, it's so funny, no matter what, the offense, the offseason it moves so fast, so many things happen. I think for my money, it's those first 48 hours of the negotiating period. The fact that the Packers did come to agreements with four different free agents, signed them right at the start of free agency. The outside linebacker situation is going to look 120% different for the Green Bay Packers this year. Yeah. Overall, it's just been a lot of change. But I think at the same time, with Mike Pettin coming back, you bring in Adrian Amos now as sort of the commander there on the defense. You have you know the two Smiths coming in to help anchor the pass rush. A lot of optimism about the defense and potentially how they can move forward now. And offensively, the big thing is Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, and building that foundation now for the offense. And I think as we start to get into this offseason program, they've already started up. We have guys coming in for the strength and conditioning program. Seeing where these teams go, where this team goes, where these players go with the the puzzle pieces in place – is going to be one of the more intriguing things now as we get going into OTAs and mini camps and things of that nature. Yeah, well, what, to call it a flurry of activity in the first couple of days of free agency might be the understatement yeah. of the off season here in Green Bay. Four players are signed. You mentioned the two outside linebackers, the pass rushers, Zadarius Smith from Baltimore and Preston Smith from Washington. Then you had Adrian Amos from division rival Chicago at safety. And then offensive lineman Billy Turner, a guy who uh, uh, I at least I look at all four of these guys as starters for the Packers in 2019. The Packers aren't necessarily saying exactly where Billy Turner is going to play, but all signs would indicate he's going to be your guy at right guard when you have that spot essentially wide open right. here and you sign a guy that early in free agency. And as you said, now the players are getting rolling with off-season workouts. They're in the building. They're getting to know Matt LaFleur and the new coaches that are here. Nathaniel Hackett, you mentioned Mike Pettin, obviously, has returned for year two as defensive coordinator. There's a lot of energy in this building. There's a lot going on for April. There's right. a lot There's yeah. a lot going on around here. And uh, as you said, some uh, certainly some, some optimism here, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball with the combination of Pettin coming back and then some young up-and-coming players that the Packers have signed as free agents with the idea that their best years are ahead of them. Right, and I mean, you wrote about it about a month ago already, the fact that the Packers signed a bunch of guys all in that 25- to 26-year-old range. Gutekunst had such a great comment uh, going back to the owners' meetings about how you know, he's not really looking for one- or two-year rent-a-players. He wants guys that are coming into their formative years in the NFL. And I think when you look, you know, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, both of those guys have been remarkably durable throughout their career and have kind of been on the incline, specifically in Zadarius's case. Eight and a half sacks last year for the best defense in the league uh, led them in sacks. And I think he's one of those guys that always had that type of potential. You know, Brian Gutekunst mentioned they'd been looking at him back in the 2015 draft. Milt Hendrickson and the Ravens ended up getting him in Baltimore, and he's been on this steady rise. So the biggest thing, I think, when you look back to 2018 – Packers were missing something with their pass rush. Now, it got home quite a bit. You know, they ended up putting up a lot of sacks, but 
it was about the consistency side of it and right. also trying to weather through some of those injuries. Clay Matthews moves on to L.A. The Packers move on from Nick Perry. And now you have Kyler Fackrell and these two young pass rushers that I think really are going to bring a new energy to that side of the game. And then Amos, I think, is a spot-on, I think could really under the radar be the best signing for them this offseason because he brings stability to you know, arguably the most unstable position for them last year with all the different safeties they had to go through. So I think it's a really good first step. Again, it's all on paper. You have to do it in, in on the field, but uh, you know, the potential's certainly there. Yeah, I'm really interested to see Amos, certainly, as you mentioned, in the back end here with the Packers because you look at his track record so far with the Bears coming out of Penn State as a draft choice a handful of years ago. Not a lot of the big, flashy, splash plays and whatnot. Um, the Packers signed him not only because he's a reliable guy and they feel like they know exactly what they're getting, but because, but also because they feel like the interceptions and the splash plays maybe are going to start to come for him as right. he continues to get more and more comfortable in his pro career. All of these free agent signings really were, were projection signings for the Packers. They're, they're looking at, hey, it's not about what these, not just about what these guys have done, but about what we think they're going to do here in the very near future. The Packers are hoping to capitalize on players who they believe their arrows are pointing up, as they say. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think when you look at all these guys being in that 25 to 26 age range, it worked out perfectly for them. And the 2015 draft class for the Packers, it, it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. But now you've been able to go and get some guys, some really successful players out of that draft class, I think, to kind of augment those positions. I think a guy like Billy Turner, too, brings a lot to the offensive line in terms of his versatility. You know, you when you pay a player that much money, you would expect he will start. Yeah. Right guard appears to be the starting opening right now, but it's understandable the Packers don't want to paint him in a box at this case. And then, not to mention, you also were able to get Cole Madison back, uh, returning for the start of the offseason program after being away from the team last year. So, you know, a lot of people in Insider Inbox have talked about that being almost like an extra draft pick this year as well. So, yeah. I think as you go into the draft now in a couple of weeks, Michael, the, the Packers have been able to address enough of their quote unquote needs. That it just I, when you look at twelve, when you look at thirty, when you look at forty-four, it doesn't appear to me that it's like okay, you have to get player X, you have to get position X here. Brian Gutekunst is going to have all of his options on the table. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that this uh, splurge in free agency did for the Packers. And Gutekunst mentioned it immediately uh, when he addressed the media. You make these kinds of moves in free agency, and it gives you all kinds of flexibility heading into the draft. He was going to have some measure of flexibility anyway because he's going in with 10 picks. Right. He has the extra first-round pick um, at the end of the first round from the trade last year, 10 picks total. But now, as you said, from a position standpoint, we all know you you want to take the best player available. You don't want to leave better players for your competition to draft. Right. you got to take the best guy who's there at that time. But we also know that roster needs – can sometimes start to you know push the equations or, th or throw things a little bit out of balance. Gutekunst doesn't have to look at it that way. Right. With the moves that he made in free agency, all the flexibility for what he wants to do, take a best player here, trade up or trade back, he's got everything as, as at his disposal now heading into the draft. And I think that's one of the biggest things that 
these early days of free agency accomplished for the Packers. Yeah, and and you want to be able to, if you're going to spend money, you want to spend it early. You want to get the top end guys. I think you can make a case the Packers got the two most coveted pass rushers there. I think Adrian Amos was right up there as far as safeties, and Billy Turner I think has a lot of potential in front of him, uh, even though he only has about one one and a half two years of starting experience. A lot of versatility, a lot of options, and as as you mentioned with Brian Gutekunst going into now his second draft as GM, ten picks to work with. The the draft is his oyster, so to speak, at this point in time. Yeah, well, in uh, our upcoming couple of episodes, we're going to take a little bit closer look at the draft and where the Packers stand at some different positions. But before I get too far out of practice here, Wes, the Green Bay Packers get ready for game day with the powerful noise-canceling technology of Bose QuietComfort 35 Headphones 2. Learn more at www.bose.com slash Packers. Bose, the official headphones of the Green Bay Packers, and... At Homer here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, we mentioned players came back a week ago Monday on April 8th, if I'm getting my date correct, for the start of off-season workouts. Packers get one extra week of off-season workouts this year because of having a new head coach, so they started a little bit earlier than a lot of the other teams. But in sticking with things on the defensive side of the ball, I think if there was one thing that I heard from the two defensive players who addressed the media on that uh, that first week of off-season workouts, Blake Martinez and Kenny Clark answered some questions. I really sensed a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of excitement for the fact that Mike Pettin is back to continue what he started with this Packers defense in 2018. And those were a couple of really key veterans, I thought, expressing that very clearly and very openly. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you and I talked about it countless times last season. And I'm not going to sit here and go, you know, on a, a diatribe about, you know, last year was one of the top ten seasons for a Packers defense. It wasn't. Right. There was a lot to be desired there yet. But when you look at what Pettin was up against, the fact that Tremont Williams finished the year at safety, even though that wasn't the plan at all when they brought him back, the fact that they had guys like Eddie Pleasant, and I mean, you look at all these roster moves, uh, Abraham Campbell that come in off the street and are in the starting lineup after a week or two due to injuries. The fact well, that Well, your defensive line that you wanted to start exactly. the year with, Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, and Muhammad Wilkerson, by December, all three of those guys were on injured reserve. Right. And you're turning to Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster and guys like that who really stepped up their games and are showing a lot of promise here for 2019 as, as the Packers get those injured guys back yeah. now. Yeah, and nobody was a better uh, example, I guess, of, of what the Packers, the, the course the Packers defense took last year than Dean Lowry. I mean, this is the guy yeah. that through the first month of the season barely played. Right. At the end of the season, they couldn't get him off the field. <laughs> it's just the way the, the cookie crumbled for the Packers. But I, I think now, and again, you always have to knock on wood in these cases. You never know exactly what's going to happen. But I, I just think the team is better positioned to stay healthy, to have success. When you look at the signings of a Preston Smith, he started every game, played in every game that he's been in the league. Couldn't even remember the last time he was down due to injury. Probably went back to high school, if not even before that. You, you look at uh, Zadarius Smith and being able to play as often as he did. Adrian Amos missed, what, three games in four seasons with the Bears. So yeah. you, you never know. You can't predict the future, but you know the past is going to lead you to you know wh- where you're going to be in the, in the present. So 
by those guys not having injury history, I think is positive. I think when you look at the the areas of which the Packers are building their defense around with Kenny Clark, uh, with with Blake Martinez, with the the cornerbacks, with Jair Alexander, they have studs in place. They have guys that can be playmakers and difference makers and leaders in place, but they needed to find a way to expedite that process. Yep. I think these free agent additions have done that. Yeah, and on the offensive side of the ball, the two players we heard from when offseason workouts began, quarterback Aaron Rodgers, wide receiver Devontae Adams, no real surprises there. Rodgers certainly addressed, as he had done on the radio, all the stuff about the Bleacher Report article. I don't know about you, I don't really want to get into it. I, I think it's been rehashed and redone plenty. The key message being... The Packers' leaders on offense, whether you're talking Rodgers or Adams or David Bakhtiari, Brian Balaga, whoever you want to pick, this offense is all about moving forward now. Right. It's about Matt LaFleur. It's about Nathaniel Hackett. It's about where the future is and the immediate future as these guys start to sink their teeth into the, teeth into the playbook. Um, we know they're not going to be doing any on-field stuff quite yet, but that's uh, that's certainly coming up. They're having meetings, going over you know some of the some of the X's and O's on the big screen, all that kind of stuff. And um, again, I, I I sense it, it it's an excitement thing. There's there, there's a newness, there's a freshness to everything that's going on here. And when your veteran players are are voicing that, I think that speaks volumes to how things have gotten started. The the. There was a line I made in inbox uh, about two or three weeks ago, and I'm not usually one just to tout my writing, but <laughs> there was there was a point I was trying to make with it, and that's if you fix the fox faucet, the leaks stop, right? If you win football games, that's right. The outside noise quiets. Uh, people had asked, you know, are these things that Rodgers needs to address that Matt Lafleur needs to address? And my thought the entire time has been. You need to concentrate on what's in the locker room now. If that's something that Lafleur and Rodgers want to talk about in a private setting, that's up to them. But in terms of that locker room, what's happened in the past, what happened in 2018 doesn't dictate what happens in 2019. Right. And I thought the amount of people that stepped up, uh, not, not just about the, the Bleach Report thing. I'm talking about, you know, just Rodgers' leadership, about this team being 6-9-1 and one last year, about, you know, Mike McCarthy era ending, Lafleur era starting. It's been pretty important, I think, if you talk to Matt LaFleur, to start anew. Uh, you know, you look at the things he's done around the building, the new murals that he's put up, the lighting has changed near the locker room. They are trying to put their own imprint on this thing yeah, now. no doubt. And for Matt LaFleur, it's about building that relationship with Aaron Rodgers and getting them back on track. There was a great question that was asked during the news conference with Devontae Adams basically saying, hey, do you think Aaron Rodgers just wants to go out there and you know shove it up everybody's you know what you know and play well? And Adams said his first response was, "Well, I know I do. I do exactly." So there are guys on this football team that are dedicated to Rodgers that they want to be successful again. That 2016 draft class we were just talking about; those guys went to an NFC Championship game yep. and haven't been to the playoffs the past two years. Aaron Jones has not been to a playoff game. Played at UTEP, where they didn't have a whole heck of a lot of success. There is a hunger to be able to turn this thing around, and as Aaron Rodgers said, his most poignant statement in his time addressing the media for 18 minutes, he looks at it from the fact that there is no grace period. You are yep. the Green Bay Packers. He's a two-time MVP quarterback. They have a veteran line. They have a veteran core. you got to go out and win some ball games. Yeah, and I think as, as I had mentioned when we did a Three Things video with Larry McCarron in, in Inbox, other discussions that we've had, that line – about no grace period. I, I I really took that one to heart because I don't think that was that was Rogers just saying that. Um, 
put it this way. I think he was saying it for multiple reasons. Number one, whatever pressure is going to be on him to perform and to return to his MVP level, he's saying bring it on. I'm, he, he's not, he's not going to stand there at his locker every week and give excuses about you know trying to learn the new right. offense and this and that. He's already drawn the line in the sand in that respect. But I think he was also sending a message to his teammates, to sure. the rest of those guys in that locker room that, hey, there's no grace period for me. There's none for you either. Whether you're in the second year of Mike Pettin's defense or the first year of Matt LaFleur's offense, however you want to look at it, this team is – the goal is to win. The goal is right. to get back to the playoffs and get back to where this team has been. And, and this isn't about, you know, being able to take a redshirt year, so to speak, and just say, well, nobody's going to expect anything of the Packers with a first-year head coach and, you know, we'll worry about 2020. That's – a your leader, number 12 there, the quarterback, is saying that's not the approach. And everybody in there is a professional athlete at this point. They're making good money to do what they do. Uh, they are the cream of the crop. They are guys who have gone through the scouting process with the Packers. They felt that these are players that can become contributors and become pro bowlers and all pros and be able to win championships. And as Rogers said, that's what we have to get back to, competing for championships. He even made a little bit of a joke about the success that the Brewers and the Bucks are having. Well, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's time for the Green Bay Packers to pick it up too. Yeah, Th That's what it ultimately comes down to because there is a culture that's been established. And when you go back-to-back -back seasons without making the playoffs, whatever reasons played into that, the fact that you didn't do that was the first time in, what, 28 years that that's happened? Mm -hmm. You have to find a way to get some answers. I just think people want change. They want adjustments. They want something new. The Packers certainly did that from the top down this offseason. you got to roll the dice and see how it comes out. But, right. I mean, the fact that they're at this point in time now and at least there is that new energy that you were talking about, I think in terms of just the offseason – it's mission accomplished. Yeah. One other thing I want to touch on here before we sign off on our first show back, west. Four Packers players in recent weeks have announced their retirement. John Kuhn, Jordy Nelson, Josh Sitton, and TJ Lang. It's quite a list it when is. you think about it. I, I, I'm just going to throw it to you, all four of those guys, Packers Hall of Famers. Yeah, unequivocally. I think so, too. Uh, it's going to be tough to get them all in in the same <laughs> year. Yeah, that, that might. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how they how it gets uh, spaced and parsed out here yeah. once they become eligible for the Packers Hall of Fame. But I'm with you. I think they all belong. I just think, in, in you know, and I know everybody had a varying contribution to the Super Bowl 45 team. Right. Uh, Sitton was young in his career as a starter. TJ was still a backup. Jordy came on late that season. And John Kuhn was John Kuhn. Yeah. But the the culture that they built, the cornerstones that they were, and I think to a man, the toughness that each of them showed throughout their career. Yeah. Um, you can't say enough about it. It is weird, though, I will admit this, and you've gone through this a little bit now, having covered the team since 2006. It is strange for me a little bit to see this start happening because I remember, like it yesterday, of writing a story in the Packers locker room about how TJ Lang and Josh Sitton were the youngest veterans on an offensive line in the NFL. They were both like 26 or 27 years old, and it wasn't close. A lot of teams had 30-year-olds. They were the two, youngest, the two youngest guys to be leading a room in the NFL, and that was like 2012, and now they're retired. I mean, yeah. the NFL moves quickly. It's why you have to make every game count, but to each of them – I think uh, Packer fans certainly owe a debt of gratitude uh, for their contributions in Green Bay. Yeah, I think you said it best. If there's one characteristic I would apply to all four of those guys across the board and everything they did for Green Bay, it was toughness. Yeah. It was it was getting out there, giving everything they had, no matter what injuries they were dealing with and whatnot, to get out there and play. 
And uh, that's that's a group that won a lot of football games. Yeah, and I think uh, Mark Murphy has talked about this a little bit too. At some point, it sounds like the Packers will uh, hold a retirement ceremony for Jordy Nelson. That's going to be emotional. Yeah. Uh, because as I wrote uh, in inbox, I think shortly after the announcement, uh, I, I don't know if there's ever been a player, honest to goodness, Michael, I don't know if there's been a player in my lifetime that's connected as well with the fan base as Jordy Nelson did. Very, very uh, well maybe. He could have right. walked into any living room in Green Bay, Wisconsin and fit in just like another member of the family. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he was. And certainly uh, for him to, to step away the game at this point when I think he could probably still play if he wants to probably says a lot about uh, his outlook on life as well. Yeah, certainly up there in adoration with another guy at his position in Donald Driver in terms yeah. of the way the fan base feels about him. So a couple of house cleaning things, so to speak. I want to alert the fans to keep an eye out on our website for our pre-draft position-by-position series. That'll be launching this week. It'll go through this week and next week. Taking a look at just where the Packers roster stands at various positions heading into the draft. As I mentioned, we'll be talking a little bit more about the draft in our upcoming shows. And then also the word is the NFL schedule for 2019 is coming out this week. So we will have that coverage on our website as well as uh, hopefully some time on a show to talk about that when it happens. Absolutely. And one other thing I want to throw out there too, we get so caught up, Michael, and <laughs> your and my video presence here on Packers.com and the Packers mobile app. A reminder, you can also find us on iTunes, the Packers app on there as well. Packers Big shout out to our podcast listeners. We, we love the audience. Absolutely. Subscribe, like it. If you don't want to look at us always, or if you just want the comfort of listening to us <laughs> uh, through your earbuds, that's also an option as well. We appreciate it as always. All right. And with that, we will sign off on Packers Unscripted for now. But we'll be back with uh, more shows, trying to do roughly maybe two shows a week here for the next couple of months. We'll see how that goes. Don't hold us to it exactly. That's all my but contract calls for. With that, you can follow him on Twitter at West Hod. I am at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.